Welcome to the Win Daily Podcast. My name is Phil Nason. His name is David Hess. And we're here to talk DFS hoops with you tonight. What's up, David? How are you tonight? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. I'm looking forward to doing this weekly podcast with you, or at least this part of the daily podcast with you. So we've got this slate on on Thursday. It's a four-game slate. And I guess the biggest question I have to start us off, what's the first thing that you do? Now, this is 24 hours before uh, tip-off time or lock or whatever you want to call it. What's the first thing that you do? Because I used to play this for a living, so I'm interested in hearing what you do, and then I'll chime in when I'm ready. Yeah, so, um, you know, this early before slate, uh, generally the first thing I'll do is just go to DraftKings. You know, they put their pricing out early. You can, even without any kind of numbers for the day, you can go in and see who's kind of underpriced and, and the spots that you kind of want to stay away from. Um, you know, there's no actual, like, numbers for for the slate yet, but um, just being able to go on and, and playing all year, you kind of know that, you know, Cleveland is terrible against uh, point guards or guards in general. Uh, that makes players like, you know, like Tim Frazier and all them great. Um, so you, you can kind of just go through matchups, knowing what you already know, um, and, and checking out prices and everything, and and get a good idea of what this slate's going to look like and, and how you want to build. Um, that obviously comes with a caveat that as the lineups release tomorrow, everything that you do today is probably going to change. Um but it's, it's still a really good starting point for me. Okay. Because, you know, I like to look at the line first. And I like to look at the money line. And the reason I like to look at the money line is I like to chase those games where the odds, the line is close. Um, I don't want a minus 235 and a plus 235 game. That generally leads to a blowout. I don't even need to look at the totals to know what that is. So that's the first thing that I always did is go in there, look for those lines, look at the money lines, and then start my action. And, and the second thing that I would do is look for back-to-backs. Now, you brought up the Cleveland game, and I, I like the way you, I'm glad that you did because those two teams just played each other two nights ago or last night. So Detroit smacked them but got them at the end. Now, Detroit's got them at home this time, and I think they're going to want to beat them more by more than two points this time, and I think the line is seven and a half. So you're interested in the Cleveland-Detroit game because the guards for Cleveland don't play defense, right? Yeah, well, also for me, um, you know, I play a lot different than you would say like a lot of the DFS pros guys do and teach. Mm -hmm. Um, For me, I take always more kind of a mathematical approach to it. Um, so I'm usually actually not afraid to play those blowout games and everything that other people will fade because that kind of gives you this huge ownership advantage, right? Um, where you can really leverage the field. So if there's a spot that I really like, um, and it's, and it's predicted to be a blowout, you know, I won't stack the game, but I will still take the pieces that I like in, in that specific matchup and hope that I'm going to get it at a lower ownership because other people are afraid that it'll blow out. Right. That Now that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Now you did bring up Tim Frazier, and he only played a couple minutes the other night, so I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how much he's going to play. Um, on a four-game slate, I'll look at it. Um, it's probably not my favorite spot. I would mm-hmm. probably prefer, um, really anybody but Langston Galloway. I mean, Galloway is consistently cheap, and people always want to go there. 
but he just doesn't have the ceiling to ever get you there. Like actually ever. I mean, I, I, in general, in an NBA game, uh, even your value pieces, you want to hit, you know, 25, 28 points. Right. And on, on Galloway's best days, he never gets there. Um, but all of those guards in that game, outside of Derrick Rose, even Derrick Rose is sixty five hundred. Um, but they're they're all relatively cheap. I mean, you have Tim Frazier, who's bare minimum at three K, Galloway at thirty two hundred, um, Bruce Brown is five K. He's usually my favorite to play when he's not priced up. Um, you know, at, at that price, you know, you can easily look for twenty five, thirty points. Um, and, and sometimes he gets you 40 and those 40 point games when you get him at 5k, I mean, that's the kind of thing that, that wins you a lot of money. <laughs> well, that's about right too. But Galloway, he's only hit 30 points once in the last 10 games. He played last night. I watched the game actually. So because I, I, I recommended it for my 30 day sports handicapping challenge, I took the Pistons and by the way, I'm five and two right now and, and y'all need to catch up. That's how I feel about that. But but Langston Galloway, he didn't play very well last night. So this could be a spot for him at 3,200. Now, I like Galloway. I liked him when he played for the Knicks. But, yeah, I see your point. Now, you're talking about GPPs, though, right? You want to get 30 points per guy, right, at minimum? Um, I would say for your for your value plays, you're looking for a, a general 28. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, 28 usually can get you top 1%. If everybody, including your value plays, gets you 28-plus, obviously it's different as you climb up the, the charts and right. get more expensive. But um, for the top 1%, you generally at least want 28 from your value plays. So if I don't think that a player can realistically hit 28 points, uh, I won't play him. Even though there's a lot of people that talk about like five times or six times, right. um, those, those numbers don't mean as much to me as the actual like raw points. So like if I don't think that he can get 28 points, even if I think that he's going to five times, I still won't play him. That makes sense. You know, that's a good practice. Now, when you say value plays, what do you mean by that? What is your Mendoza line for a value play? Um, generally, I will look for at least DraftKings. I'm, I'm talking DraftKings for you know, most of this, um, for a value play in general, um, can be really anybody that's underpriced compared to what you, what you, they're going to put out. Um, but when we're talking this particular time, I'm usually looking for underneath 4k kind of those, those punt plays that, um, let you just fit in that extra stud up, up at the top. Um, so the, the whole process there for me, is when I'm looking at the studs and, and, and the punts or values, I kind of do it like a two-by-two. Two. So like for this particular slate, if we're talking James Harden, mm-hmm. we'd have James Harden and Langston Galloway, who combines for 15K. And, you know, so if I think that Harden and Galloway are going to give me 60 and 15, so, you know, I'm looking at 75 points for 15K, or do I would I rather do, you know, Kevin Love and Clint Capella at 7-5 and 7-5, at, which is the same price, and get you know forty and forty and eighty points. It's kind of like that two two by two mm-hmm. uh, with value plays. That that's what makes them worth playing for me. So if I think that the player that that lets underneath four K lets me get the stud up at the top, if the two of them can do better than two mid price plays. It's a good play. I like that. I think that's right now. So we have what we have is we have four games. We have Boston and Philly. We mentioned Cleveland to Detroit. 
we have Portland and Minnesota, and we have Houston and OKC. And what we have is arrested Russell Westbrook. And I think this is the first time he's played at OKC since he was tra- since he asked to be traded. Do you have any interest like in a Russell Westbrook as opposed to a James Harden? Um, it's usually all a price thing for me, but tomorrow Russell Westbrook is, is 8400 You know, I was just talking about value as a whole. It's really just when a player is priced underneath of where you think they can play. Um, so Russell Westbrook at 8400 in comparison to a player like Damian Lillard at 8900 that's a value. I mean, that's somebody that you want to get in there, even though it's not really a good matchup, especially if other people are kind of off of him because it's a bad matchup. So if I can get Russell Westbrook at 8400 at, at a lower ownership, not even low, I mean, on a four-game slate, if I can get him under 40%, then that's something that I would take all day. Yeah, that makes sense. See, I, I like Damian Lillard against Minnesota, but you know who I like even more from Portland is I like C.J. McCollum at 6800 I'll always take C.J. at 7000 or less. Anytime I get him over 7000 I got to give him a pass. The other guard I like on this slate is Dennis yeah, Schroeder. I, I like McCollum. I mean, for... Oh, I'm sorry. No, it's okay. I like Dennis Schroeder uh, in this matchup. Yeah, uh, Schroeder's somebody that, that I really like. I mean, all of those... Um, all those Thunder guards are kind of in play. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's kind of a situation where I, I wouldn't play uh, all three of them, but at their prices, you can easily get two. You know, Paul and Schroeder, SGA and Paul, or SGA, SGA and Schroeder. And, you know, you're only sitting at like 14K for two of them in the highest-paced matchup against one of the worst defenses in the league in a game that, you know, they're going to have to score a lot of points to keep up. And, I, you know, I think that's a really good spot to kind of pick on. Yeah, Shai Gilgis Alexanders, who uh, David's referring to. Is there any other interest in guards? Who else do you like? Is there like any interest? Do you have any interest, I should say, for maybe someone like Jeff Teague? Because Portland, their guards don't play defense at all. Um, that situation for me is kind of, um, kind of like a no man's land. You know, in a four game slate, you have to consider them. But with all the guards healthy now, they're all getting like 25, 30 minutes, Teague, Napier, Culver. And so on any given night, you know, one of those guys are, is going to go off. But getting the right one um, isn't as easy as, as knowing that the matchup is good. So on a four-game slate, you know, I imagine you play one. But if it was on a, say, eight-game slate, that's probably a situation that I'd avoid. Right. But a four-game slate, you got to kind of consider everyone. And, yeah. uh, you know, we got Kemba Walker at 6,500 against Philadelphia. That might be interesting. I mean, you, there's there's ways to do this where you could sneak a Harden and, and a Chris Paul in here because there's some value on this slate, right? Yeah, you know, even this early, I'd say there's there's a good bit of value. We've had Embiid that's missed a couple games. You know, maybe he'll be back in time for Thursday. Maybe he won't. Uh, but I think he's missed a game or two. Um as well as, you know, some of the other guys. You know, we've got a guard or two out that's on Detroit. Um, we've had a couple guys miss on Cleveland. We have Blake Griffin that's out for the season now. Um, so even right now, before any news comes out, you know, there's a couple guys in there. Um, but as a whole, I tend to go with a more balanced approach than, than fitting in studs, mm-hmm. even on a four-game slate. Um, 
But if I was going to pay up for somebody, it would probably be James Harden on this slate. Okay. Because I think if I'm going to pay up for anybody, I'm going to pay up for Andre Drummond because he worked that team last night. And, and they had no answer for him at all. Tristan Thompson is uh, something's wrong with his back, I think. And Kevin Love. Kevin Love had a big night. And if he plays, and I assume he will, he's another player that I would look for. But I think he'll be um, north of 50% owned. That's that's what I think anyway. Um, with Kevin Love getting up there, I mean, he's up to 7,700 now. You know, we've been getting him um, in the 6Ks here and there. I mean, just last week he was at 6,800. Um, he was at 6K there for a bit. And that's, I played him every single night that he was there. Mm-hmm. Um, Kevin Love's a player that I like, but at, at that price, um, I'm not sure that I'll get to him. One of my favorite players in this slate is Hassan Whiteside. You know, after he's been priced up past 9K, nobody plays him, even though he consistently hits 50 points over and over and over and over again. Um, so, you know, at that 9,300, that's, that's probably where I'm looking to peak um, with what I'm willing to spend as long as cat misses. I mean, if Carl Anthony Towns plays, I'll have less, I'll have less interest there. Okay. But as long as Towns is out, you know, I love Whiteside on the slate. See, I would, I would take Whiteside even if Towns was, uh, on the floor dressed because I don't have a whole lot of respect for his defense, but that's just me. Yeah. Um, you know, and Whiteside, Whiteside doesn't though, respect him either. Yeah. You know, with Whiteside, you know, everybody's been waiting forever for him to finally get minutes, but, Outside of one game where he got in foul trouble, you know, he's been 30-plus minutes for, you know, I think 12 games in a row. And in that time, he's been under 40 points once. So, you know, even at 9,300, you're looking at a 60-point upside and a 35, 40-point floor that he's shown at, which should be little ownership because nobody likes to pay that much for him for some reason. That's probably somewhere that I'm I'm going frequently on Thursday. that, That makes a lot of sense, by the way. So, uh, and now, when you look at this slate, like I said, we have four games. Uh-huh. What's your favorite play? What is your, Who is your favorite play? Who is going to be in most of your lineups? Um, I would probably say outside of Whiteside, because Whiteside's probably my favorite, like, GPP play. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like Clint Capella. Yeah, why wouldn't you? You know, he's he's priced down at 7500 you know, right after he just had that huge game. Uh, you know, I think that he just had almost 60. Yeah, he had, you know, 59 points against Philadelphia the other day. Um, so he's shown that upside. He's down to 7500 Uh Steven Adams' defense has been terrible this year. You know, for, for as long as I've been playing DFS, you know, I always avoided Steven Adams as a matchup, but he's just been awful this year. They've been bleeding points to centers. Um, and I think that, you know, they'll really focus their defense on Harden. So it's 7,500. You know, I'd really like to play Clint Capella, and most of my lineups probably have two centers running Whiteside and Capella. Yeah, Capella's averaging, what, 47 fantasy points, DraftKings points per game over his last 10. It, it does look like the combination of Harden and Capella and, and the give-and-go they do is starting to pay off again. That's what they did last year. But with Westbrook around, it's kind of hard to do that because, you know, Westbrook, is he's just shooting bricks. And, and a guy like Capella is, has to clean up the glass behind him, and it's terrible. 
But yeah, Stephen Adams is a, a. I don't think he fits in with that crew anymore. You know, he's the last guy left from those good teams the Thunder had. And I don't think he's very happy. It's hard to play with Chris Paul. That's what I've been told anyway. Um, do you have any interest in Al Horford or maybe Ennis Cantor? Um, that Cantor's price cheap, and he may get some extended run. You just never know with Boston. Yeah, um, you know, Cantor is a guy that I, I kind of like to go to here and there, especially when he is cheap like that. Um, Horford's priced up a little a little farther than I like to play him on this Philadelphia team when everybody's fully healthy. Uh, Horford just doesn't do a lot. I mean, he has those big games here and there where all of a sudden he goes for 50, but that's not something that I like to bet on on a nightly basis, especially in this tough matchup against Boston. I mean, Boston and Philly are both, I think, top 10 in, in most defensive ratings. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is one of those games where I think that you could stack it and be really contrarian. No one's going to play a lot of players from this game. So, I mean, if you were to stack it and play four or five guys on this little four-game slate from there, um, the ownerships might be high, but the combined ownerships altogether would be really low because uh, people are going to shy away from that slow-paced kind of hard defensive game. So if you were going to play a guy from there, I'd want to go ahead and play at least two or three of them. Right, you want to you want to just attack that game, maybe three Celtics and two 76ers, depending on what happens with Embiid, right? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, Kimba is like you said earlier, he's really cheap. I mean, Kimba really Walker cheap. for six for sixty five hundred, even in a bad matchup, that's something that I do have interest in. I mean, there's there's no reason at all why Kimba Walker and Derrick Rose should be the same price. So, it's, you know, even though Derrick Rose is in that way better matchup. Um, for GPPs, I'll probably have way more Kimba, lower ownership with, in my opinion, a higher ceiling. Uh, you know, Derek Rose always has that minute cap um, because of his injury history. So even if he's getting in rhythm and having a good game and having a good matchup, he's still not going to pass like, you know, 30, 32 minutes. Uh, while Kimba can up, get up to 39, 40 minutes in, in a closed game, which it should be a good game in Philly. So, I mean, if you wanted to play like Kimba and in his cancer, and maybe Josh Richardson at fifty eight hundred. Um, I'm not opposed to that. Why would you be? I mean, that's just a good. That's just a good thing. Gordon Hayward though at sixty six hundred. I I almost want to just give him a pass. He's getting too high yeah. priced. I I don't trust him. Yeah, I mean when you know Gordon Hayward and Jason Tatum are one hundred apart, I'd rather just go the extra hundred and play Tatum. Exactly. Personally. Exactly. Exactly. Any love for uh, Tobias Harris? Um, I like Tobias Harris the most when um, Embiid misses. Most people run to Ben Simmons and whoever backs him up, but Harris actually gets the biggest usage bump. That's like a like a little statistic that nobody pays attention to. Um, so at seventy three hundred, if Embiid misses, I would play Harris. But if if Embiid is in at seventy three hundred, I wouldn't touch him. I'd rather have you know Wiggins in a better matchup uh, for three hundred cheaper. Yeah, I, I agree with that, too. I, I see that. So you don't have any love for, at all for Ben Simmons tomorrow night? Not at 9K against Kimba. No. I think that um, at, at that price and that matchup at a lower pace, that that's just a price that you can't pay on a slate like that. You're right about that. I would go down to Dumbuya or maybe a Robert Covington or or this is just me now. I might end up rolling with Eric Gordon 
at 4,100. I like Eric Gordon. He's starting to get some minutes. He's starting to feel a little more comfortable. And he's going to go off one of these nights. And I want to catch him on the on the way up instead of when everybody else figures it out. Yeah, um, I like Eric Gordon. I also, I'm going to absolutely butcher his name, but Svi, uh M, I'm not even going to try that, from, from the Pistons. Yeah, Mika Haliak. Yeah, you know, he plays some shooting guard. And like I said, um, you know, attack, attacking Cleveland, I generally like to take the guards. Mm-hmm. Their guards are really bad. As you get taller, you get better defense. You know, Kevin Love, Tristan Thompson. Tristan Thompson's not great, but he's way better than their, their guards. Um, so at 4,200, you know, he's been getting 30 plus minutes a game. You know, he's had 20 plus fantasy points, um, two, three, four, five, six, and seven of his last eight games. Um, he just had 25 against Cleveland the other night, getting 35 minutes at yep. 4,200 on such a small slate. You know, that, that's a play that you can go to. I wouldn't be opposed to playing maybe two of those Detroit guards, you know, taking him at, at, at small forward and, uh, you know, Bruce Brown at point guard. And, you know, that's two um, starting guys seeing 30-plus minutes in a good matchup for a combined 9K. Yeah, and I like that. And like I, like I was saying earlier, you know, you know, maybe people will fade that game a little bit because it's supposed to be a blowout, but that's a matchup that I really like. Two starters that are both cheap that, you know, let you get up to two or three of those eight 9K guys that we were talking about, maybe Westbrook, Capella, white side you know it's, it's not going to get you to harden but it can get you two or three of those top tier guys that are a little bit underpriced yep that makes sense last you have any last minute thoughts before we uh say goodbye to the nice people um i would just say from a strategy standpoint in gpps don't be afraid to um take big stands that other people tell you is dumb i mean don't be afraid to stack blowouts don't be afraid to stack teams and bad matchups um, do what's different on a four game slate. The person that does uh, something different than the other 60,000 people, nine times out of 10 will be the person that wins. Even if it's not that night and it's not you, somebody that did something different would generally come ahead of the, you know, 50,000 people that build the same lineup in a GPP. Yeah. Those are good and thoughts, man. Those are good thoughts. I, I would probably, my best advice don't go all in. It's just a four-game slate. I mean, you can you can cash, but don't eat up your entire bankroll on a four-game slate. I tell you what, man, this has been fun working with you. I can't wait to work with you again next week, David. Yeah, this is this is nice. Uh, it's it's nice to not have to write all my thoughts. I feel like I can definitely give a better insight when I don't have to write everything down. That's fair. That is fair. I tell you what, we've got a lot of guys who do write things down at Win Daily Sports. 20 bucks a month is all it costs. And you get to be in our Discord chat. You get to hang out with David Hess and all the rest of the guys. And our people are winning cash. Sign up today. 20 bucks, And don't forget my 30-day sports handicapping challenge. Day 9 will be tomorrow. I wonder if we're going to win tonight. I think my team will. All right, listen up, folks. He's David Hess. I'm Phil Nasons. We want to thank you for listening to the Wind Daily Podcast.